0: sorry welcome back into the plank show right here on the home of sooner fans we are the ref
1: i think hey, you're off the hook when you're talking to the boss
0: yeah yeah it's the Bryman. man i hadn't seen the brian man in a while and then i realized i kind of haven't been here in a while so that that affects <laughs> been it out and about bit. i will say i did i was looking at during the top of right for the top of the hour i was talking about how in my polling place i went in and uh I was the second person to vote at 3 in the afternoon. I can proudly say that the numbers did increase dramatically, Josh, for our Washington Public School Board office, even though my girl Ashley Teal did not get the dub. But we had – bro, some of these vote totals, like Midwest City, people winning by one vote, wow, that's crazy. Anyway, I'm using news9.com in there polling place. Coming up on the program at the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk some Oklahoma Sooner baseball as we will be joined by who I think is one of the most important pieces for the Oklahoma Sooner squad this year and Bryce Madron. He's coming up at the bottom this hour. I'm excited about that. Part of uh,
1: an exciting outfield core.
0: But before we get there, Let's get caught up on everything going on in the world of sports. It's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. We do it every day. It's called the Top 5 Stories of the Day. It's time
1: for the Top 5 Stories of the Day. Brought to you by
0: Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Not just where real gamers play. Best reels in the Metro. Newcastle has happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6. Also, earn 20 Get 20, Tuesdays and Thursdays, from 10A to 10P, NewcastleCasino.com. Big story number five. Number five. We have not talked a lot of my beloved sport of softball today, Josh Helmer. I have no reason why, except that uh, everyone blew me off whenever I try to get Coach on this week, so I'm very bitter about it. Thomas, you made the list. But, with that said, yesterday Coach Gasso had a media availability. It also came right around the time, Josh, that we had learned that Jordy Ball would be lost for the season. Now, I feel somewhat smart because what I told you guys, what the Nebraska people were telling me, right? Nate Roar, their play-by-play guy, great dude. He said, oh, yeah, she's been out there taking infield, and it looks like she's going to be okay. They're not too concerned. But I remember talking with Andy Dickman, who is – uh, the the husband of our athletic trainer Mora, mm-hmm. and I was watching Nebraska had a game winning catch to beat Utah Valley. The girl in left field made a diving catch, and I was watching. Um, I was watching Jordy run out there to celebrate, and I was watching her run. I was like,
1: "That doesn't look good." That
0: and then then after the run, watching her walk through the handshake line, it was even more magnified. It was, yeah, I don't. I don't think this is What a bummer, man. As you might imagine, Coach Gasso was asked about it because she had just got the news. And uh, here's what she said during her media availability yesterday.
2: That news. Yeah, we were – I wasn't there, but my coaches were there scouting that game and and they saw it Mm -hmm. and they knew that something wasn't going to be good. But Jordy – I think she was walking around like you thought, oh, maybe it's just a sprain or something. But she's so strong that her legs can maintain her kneecap, you know what I mean? Like when when you get your ACL torn you are you are in massive pain and you are not able to really walk. And so it was pretty amazing how you know, she was just kind of moving around. Um, it's sad, it's horrible for anybody really. And, you know, Jordy went through injuries as a freshman and this, um, but I just, you know, you wish her well. She was sitting at the airport with our team, talking with our team. So um, there's still the memories, the last memory they had was singing on stage with Toby Keith. And that's something that they will cherish, especially now forever. And so there's this bond that they still have because you're in the battlefields together. And everyone here wishes her well, wishes speedy recovery. I'm sure she'll come back knowing her better than she ever has.
0: I thought that was really cool. Sometimes coaches will say things like, listen, I'm not going to talk about someone who's not here. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But Patty saying that about Jordy, if there is those of you out there who have some sort of axe to grind, or who was it that texted yesterday? Well, if she was a football player, she's not. And she won two national titles, and they're not winning a title last year without her. So I hated that for her. I I felt like you know maybe four to five weeks, and she'd be back. Just kind of I, I didn't realize it was a full torn ACL. Yeah, but I I. She'll be able to redshirt this year, and she'll be able to come back. So you'll have two more years. Will Jordy Ball ever play a game for Nebraska? Yes. Okay. Just never know. It's this world with open transfers and opportunities abound. She will. Okay. Um, The other story involving college softball of our ilk, Kelly Maxwell was named the Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. Seven and two-thirds shutout innings. Opponents went just one for 23 against her. You can also, in that Duke game, give this award to her defense, which was awesome against Duke. Jade had a couple big plays. Riley Boone had a diving play. Tiare Jennings looked great at shortstop. So, yeah, Kelly Maxwell gets the pitcher of the week, I guess. Not player of the week, pitcher of the week. But we got a hat tip that defense, too. It was awesome. Anything else softball-wise we need to get out there that you saw from overnight?
1: I don't think so. Good. Should be uh, should be an exciting trip out to Louisiana this week.
0: Team leaves tomorrow. I, I leave tomorrow. Nice. I am driving out right after the show. Uh, Dallas. That's going to be a jaunt. It's eight hours. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to stay Sunday night or not because I have. But I think if we get done in time, I can get home. If we get done in time, I can get home. Plus, I really don't want to stay Sunday night. No, you want to get home. It, there's a daddy-daughter dance I got to go to on Monday. I got to be fresh and ready for that, you know? You need to get home, sleep in your own bed. That's right. That's right. All right. Um, do we do big story number four yet? We have not. All right, big story number four. Number four. Oh, dang it. One more thing I wanted to add softball-wise before we get to parade today. Um, We do have... An update on the weather for this weekend this morning. Dr. Kevin Clazel hooked me up. Still looks wet Friday afternoon and evening. Numerous showers due to a front in the area. Rain should clear by Saturday morning. So I don't, I don't know how that's going to affect things, but doth not look good for Friday in Lake Charles. All right, so number four, parade day you're watching right now. Have we started the true celebration? Have we experienced the awkwardness of the local news people who try to talk about how much they love football and try to interview these? People?
1: I feel so bad for this <laughs> poor reporter that they have on Channel Forty One trying to cover this. They had her over by the buses before they took off. Right. And, uh, it was not going well. It was, it was a struggle. They should have had one of one other person there. But we have begun. The uh, buses
0: are in uh, transit. Sweet. I <laughs> I was in Denver. For the Nuggets Parade. I wasn't actually in the city of Denver. I was outside. And I was watching their local news coverage of it. Oh, boy. Um, was it uh, tough? It was really hard. Now, like this dude right here. He's ready. He looks like he's ready. We're watching it right now. Channel Four. He looks like he knows how to handle a parade. She, on the other hand, I have no clue. Oh, she's already. Oh, uh, yeah. No, this is not. Wow. They're big hand talkers, aren't they? Drunkest. I hate to do this because I'm trying not to placate to the uh, debauchery that takes place. Who would you take as the odds-on favorite of potentially pulling a Tom Brady in the Bucks parade? Remember when he had to basically be helped to walk everywhere? Who's your odds-on, and why is it Travis Kelsey? Well, I think Jalen
1: Watson was like wheelchaired away last year. <laughs> And Patrick Mahomes tweeted something about the, the parade, and he, quote, tweeted it with, like, an upside-down emoji. <laughs> and Mahomes replied, he was like, you're going to make it this year, bro? <laughs> so that's got to be the candidate.
0: I will say, if it, having been around a lot of drunks in my life, there is a certain dialect that they have that Mahomes, if you go back to last year when oh, he was given his
1: speech, <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah, my man was feeling it. Hey, I'll tell you something.
0: I do have two other NFL things here for you.
1: He's a strong candidate as well.
0: they so why are you guys so likable? You know why I couldn't stand? John Elway. Hated John Elway. Hated him.
1: I like Patrick Mahomes. For for how much longer? And he
0: breaks my heart, man. Um, Kyle Shanahan has been asked about the narrative surrounding the game and kind of his take on it as for some reason they make the poor losers of the suit. Well, I guess they had their exit interviews, so they got back to San Francisco and talked to their local media about it. I mean, you'd love to
3: fix perception because I would love to win one for what I know about football and stuff. And I know if I fix perception, that means I did everything I wanted to do, which isn't fixed perception. It's win a damn Super Bowl. Um, But I also know like. When you say big games, like we've got to win a bunch of big games to get to Super Bowls, Um, we've won a lot of big games here. Uh, We've won a lot of big games to get into playoffs. Um, The fact that we keep getting there shows you guys how many, how much we've been game win games or big games, and I think you guys are aware of that.
0: Uh, And then he was also asked about. Let's see, what was the other thing here? The the overtime decision.
3: We did it with our analytics department. We decided that going into the playoffs. What, you know, I think you guys know how I've explained how I make decisions with that stuff in the past. I take all the information I can get, um, especially ones I haven't been in. And um, our analytics felt that was the best way to go. But as you guys know, I don't always just go with that. Uh, I take into account what they say, what they think is right. And then I go off my gut in the heat of battle. And I knew what they felt going into it. And when I think about that during the moments I have to make the decision, I think the type of game it was did match what they felt was the best way to do. It did seem more like a field goal game. and our demons had been out there for a real long time right before that, so uh, it was no, I was no—I didn't feel at all to override that at the time.
1: Since 2018, Kansas City, 15 playoff wins; San Francisco, eight. Uh, next closest. So uh, th- they've been—they've been right, right there. Uh, wins. 66 overall for San Francisco since 2018. 90 for Kansas City.
0: Okay, I think I've done a 180, Josh, but I'm just watching this coverage. I think I would go to a parade if the if the Raiders won it. I, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm oh, just, man. I'm just telling you right now, I'm not a big parade guy, probably because my teams never win anything. How
1: about if the Sooners win?
0: Oh, well, I'll, I hopefully would be hosting something. Yeah. I'm sure we'd have a show there. <laughs> we'd be working, but
1: yeah. I think I would want to. You and I would great. be like these news guys. All right, we're over here at the buses. <laughs> there'd, there'd,
0: there'd be radio people in other cities that are watching it, making look at these guys. <laughs>
1: That's right. They'd they'll be, be making they'll fun be of d- us.
0: They'll be doing to us what we're doing to these people. One other NFL thing. One other NFL thing that I wanted to, to play here real quick involving the Super Bowl. Tom Brady, who has a, a radio show, a podcast. Let's go was asked about the Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid sideline incident.
4: There's always little family issues. And, you know, I, I, of course, I don't mind seeing it, you know, because I was a part of a lot of those things. You're thinking emotions are so high. You are definitely not centered and balanced. You're not in a meditative state at that point. You are fully determined to go after and to win. So I think a lot of the things that are said during the games, people should just let them fly off their back. And I actually think Coach Reid handled it just awesome like he always does because he just said, you know, uh, I, I was a little off balance and, you know, Travis is, is such a competitor and I love that because it just speaks to, you know, his, his leadership ability because some coaches get so sensitive and, oh, you embarrassed me and it speaks to the self-confidence that Coach Reed has in himself too because yeah. he doesn't take that personally at all. He doesn't look at that and feel like someone offended oh, him. Oh, oh,
0: or, oh, okay. I get it, Tom. Thanks, I think the. Uh, thanks, TB12. I think the other part of it, and I'm watching uh, McAfee's playing the cut from the new height show, is Travis Kelsey's saying, like, if he would have decided that moment that he was. And he wanted to punch me in the face because I caught him. He's like, I would have ate it. I would have taken it. It was because he felt terrible about it. But that's their relationship. It's a, I good, mean, it's a good take from Tom Brady. It is. But it was just. It's really. This it's is long. not uh just long. this is not
1: working in an office
0: no space. Right, exactly. So don't compare it to that. I'm not it's football. I'm not gonna if when when uh Casey came down and gave me the script for the spot uh, you're about to uh, Billy cut. Tubbs Day, right. I'm not gonna go there and be like, What's the problem? How are we all the way through as a show and bump into it? No, I mean that's just it's I'd be fired. Yeah, that would be across the line. All right, let's hustle through these because we got Bryce Madrin coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes. Big story number three. Number three. Uh, Hey, road winning streak, or road losing streak. Hold, Hold on, my bad. Road losing streak over.
5: Maturity by the Thunder third game in four days before the all-star break rallying after being drilled Saturday by Dallas by 35 win at home Sunday 127 113 against Sacramento and duplicate that tonight 127 113 against Orlando do you know what I'm and, so
0: and they spoiled the retirement well and that's what's funny to me because I was I was on the road so I was listening to to Toby and I was listening to Matt and then I get home, and I'm watching all the Shaq retirement stuff, and it didn't even register to me, Josh, that that was taking place while the Thunder were there. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Look, Sha- oh, there's Anthony Hardaway. Shaq saying, come get me. I'll come back. And then I'm like, oh.
1: Oh, yeah. It, that was They're retiring the his jersey.
0: 127-113.
1: Good good for Orlando. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt that his his jersey needs to be retired there, right? right? Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, absolutely. Gina- was, uh,
1: you lived this. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard feelings from Orlando when he left.
0: Oh gosh. Was he hated? Yeah. Yeah. But it it just they weren't too freaked out because they thought they thought they had Penny. So Shaq. Nice what? nucleus right. still to build around. Didn't happen. Jadob had thirty three. SGA had thirty two. Thunder Clippers thirsty. Big story, number two. Number two. College basketball last night. We did have a pretty big upset. Nine and a half seconds remaining, 86-79. And the Orange inbound. Carolina backs away. The final seconds melt down. The students make their way on the floor. The Orange avenge one of their most lopsided losses in recent memory. They've got their biggest win in a five-year span. It's Syracuse 86 and Carolina 79. Woo! Syracuse, and then in the Big Twelve, Iowa State just flat out took care of business. And the rebound of Kurt Jones, and that will do it. Iowa State gets its third road win in conference play as they knock off Cincinnati, sixty-eight to fifty-nine, and Iowa State is tied with Houston for first place in the Big Twelve Conference.
1: Nope, don't like that. I don't like. Th- I-, I don't like that. <laughs>
0: Also BYU beat UCF 90 to 88. Of course, big story. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Oh. Oklahoma falls to Baylor, 79 to 62. We'll hear from Porter Moser when we come back. Are you watching McAfee in there? Do you have McAfee on in there uh, or not?
1: I, I actually am watching a rerun of first take.
0: Okay. What's going on with McAfee? Adam Silver looks like a villain. I mean, I, I wonder, what is, I don't, I don't know if they got too carried away with the makeup or what. <laughs> is he on the show Hold with them right now? Yeah, McAfee's filibustering right now. Wait, wait till they flip to him and tell me if you see the same thing I do. Okay. It's like, what's going on? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> Does he look more pale than normal? Or is that normal? Uh, and I just,
1: I, I feel like he looks relatively normal. Okay, all right. He might have, uh, might be a me problem. He's just freshly waxed the uh, the bald dome, I think maybe. (laughs) All right, gosh, West Point grad.
0: I can't believe they got him in studio. Yeah, I know. He came walking, and I was like, "Is that Adam Silver?" (laughs) All right, uh, let's pay off big story number one when we come back. You'll hear from Porter Moser, Bryce Madrin, right around the corner on the ref. I want to be really, really quick here in this segment because I want to have plenty of time for Bryce. But big story number one, Oklahoma Falls last night to Baylor by a final score of 79 to 62. Uh, afterwards, Porter Moser talked about where things went wrong for the Sooners.
5: I, I think they, they, they really got loose from the three point line. I, 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 there was an offense rebound kick out to none, I think, for a three. Right in front of me, there was a bad switch and they hit a three. And then I think they got three up on a transition three. I think they really started getting some barrages from three, and then they got separation. I think I think it was that series. I got to look back, but I distinctly remember in that stretch there was a bad switch in front of me. There was an offensive run kick out to none, and I think they got one in transition.
0: So then he was asked real quick, "Hey, did you see that coming from none? Was it something that surprised
5: you guys with his production?" I did. I, I mean, I, we recruited him, too, and I, I love the kid. I think he's tough. Um, I think he's just been playing with a lot of confidence, and he had a – I mean, he was – he had a really – I mean, he, he, had a, he had a great night tonight. You could just see – and all of that. I think their whole starting five, I mean, the most simplistic answer I can give everybody is, I thought they were phenomenal and we weren't. You know, that's a simplistic answer. But I thought their first five, I mean, like every one of them had, came, had really good games. There you go. Sucks,
0: but a pretty good explanation.
1: Yeah, I I don't like that simplistic answer. I don't like
0: that, but it's right. (laughs) So, OU will try to bounce back. Guys, let's not lose sight of how big tonight is for the women's basketball team. Now, we haven't probably spent as much time as we should or need to, but you're talking about a squad that is in a great spot, 21 in the country, the women's basketball team, and they're home – Tonight, they're gonna to avenge that loss in Waco against the Baylor Bears. Six o'clock with a tip, six PM. OU women and Baylor. Everybody get out and support the Sooners. Big week ahead for baseball. When we come back, let's talk to one of the stars of the Sooners, Bryce Madron, right here on the ref. We mentioned big night tonight inside the LNC. The OU women's basketball team is in action against Baylor. Six o'clock with a tip. Soonersports.com slash tickets. It's a massive weekend, too, for the OU baseball team as they kick off their 2024 season, and we are joined by one of their standout returnees, Bryce Madrin. Uh, Bryce, I know it's been a busy week. I know you don't have a ton of time, but thanks for joining us on the show. How you feeling? How's the body? How's the mind as we get ready for this season?
6: Of course, guys. Good to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Um, Everything's going as it should be. I mean, we're we're ready to roll. We're ready to play somebody else, and... (laughs) Rather than ourselves, so we're ready to go to war for sure
0: for for you, can I want to talk about your path just real quick. Blanchard yeah. Kid works your way through a small school junior college to get here. I know that there is a time for like reminiscing and looking back. But can you just take us through the challenges, Bryce, and and to overcome them and find them in a spot where you're a preseason All-Big 12 performer and having the success that you've had? What were some of those trials and tribulations like fighting your way up to get to this level?
6: I mean, it all starts from back when I was a kid. Me and my dad would always go down to the barn and get in some extra hitting and stuff. And then all through high school, I mean, I played for a lot of great coaches. So they helped me, of course, and then... Junior college was my only offer out of high school, so I just did the best I could with it, and it turned out pretty good. And then got here and found another great group of guys, great group of coaches that just helped me excel in my performances.
1: With yourself, Bryce, and John Spikerman and Kendall Pettis, that's a a lot of starts, a lot of production. How good is this OU outfield?
6: (laughs) In my eyes, I think it's one of the best outfields in the country. I mean, you got speed and you got people that can track da- track it down. Um, any one of us can play center field, so, which is always good. So I'm one of the best outfields that I've ever been with. Okay,
0: I, I want to go back just real quick. What was the setup like in the barn? What Did you have yourself, I mean, were you have nets in there, or did you guys have enough land where it would just swing away, hit all you want, and you go chase them mm-hmm. down? What was that like in preparing uh, for you and, and your pops?
6: Uh, it started off, we had the little tee with the little net in the backyard, and then it graduated the Wolf of Balls, and then through high school we had a really nice hitting barn for where we were at. It's got four cages, and oh. uh, I mean, it was a pretty good setup.
0: So it was like it, weather wasn't a concern or anything, man. Because like that was always my excuse: like, Dad, I can't go outside; it's raining. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't anything you could get away with, was it?
6: No, nope. It's, <laughs> hey, we're going down to the barn. We're going to hit. All right, <laughs> that's awesome, man.
0: Well, tell me, tell me then, just a little bit about your family. I'm curious, man. Is, obviously, they mean a lot to you. They were intrical and kind of your development, how much does it mean to be able to play now so close to them?
6: It's awesome. Just being 20 minutes from them, they can come watch whenever they want to, but with all my siblings doing stuff now, they kind of got to split time, so they really come whenever they can. But it's awesome being back home and just playing for them.
1: Not to uh, run down all the numbers from a season ago, but it was, it was a productive season for you. you had a, a breakout season. Where do you, where do you want to improve? What, what have you worked on? What are a couple of areas? Because, you know, uh, bird's eye view we look at it and say, hey, that was really productive. What a great season. You're getting preseason accolades. But I'm sure you, you want to improve. Where, where would you like to see that?
6: Uh, I really just want to start earlier. I had a slow start to last year, just coming into Division One baseball out of the JUCO. So it was a little different. I just want to start a lot faster in the box and kind of just try to keep that rolling.
0: Um, Speaking of that JUCO, I'm not real familiar with Arkansas City, Kansas. But whenever you were at Cali College and and you were working through that, what was in your mind to improve? Where did you try to push yourself to continue to get better better during that stretch?
6: Uh, Really just got in the weight room more just trying to get bigger and faster and stronger was really my entire goal there. And we had uh, a great group of coaches that really pushed us in there.
0: I've heard a little bit, you know, Tim Overman's kind of a rock star, but I've heard Jackson Nicholas look bigger, stronger whenever we were Mm -hmm. watching the scrimmage the other day. How much of a difference does that make? Because Bryce, I remember like many, many moons ago, it's like, don't work out with weights. It's going to ruin your baseball swing. You're going to screw up your baseball swing. (laughs) But for for you guys, just kind of take me through the approach and how you've really seen it embraced during this offseason for this squad and over the last few years.
2: Yeah, I
6: mean, getting in the weight room, it allows the ball to fly a lot better. I mean, you just feel so much more powerful in that box. And coming back from winter break, I mean, you see these dudes and you're like, okay, yeah, nobody really skipped a day. Like, everybody's ready to get after it.
1: We've talked about yourself and this outfield uh, generating a lot of the early season headlines here for you guys. But who else are you excited about in this lineup? Who should we be aware of going into
6: 2024? Man, Michael Snyder, one of our uh, grad transfers from Washington the big old dude, him and Carter Frederick are two of the biggest guys I've ever played with. And then you can't forget about Jackson Willis. I mean, that dude is a stud.
0: I, uh, I was watching video of him swing the other day. It's just, I, I get so jealous when I see just those natural swings. Everything just seems to come so natural to Jackson. What, um, can you, a couple of things here and we'll let you get out of here before this weekend. I know this is very specific to this weekend, but I'm just curious. The difference for you playing in what you would typically play in college-wise, right, and then playing mm-hmm. at Globe Life Field and playing on a on a big league diamond, it, it, dimensions are sometimes different, but for you in the outfield, how much of a challenge is it? Or, I mean, you're just so juiced that you're in a major league park. Does it really make that much of a difference?
2: Uh,
6: it does when you – first get there Mm. so like we'll get down there thursday and we'll have practice and that's kind of like the day you take it all in and try to figure out how you're going to play in the outfield like how to read the ball and stuff like that but i mean once you get in there in game time you really don't think
0: about it Mm.
1: well and the Opponents that you're going to see, I know you mentioned look uh squad scrimmage is great and uh fired up about this team, but we're ready to see somebody different. How exciting is it to see the types of opponents right out of the, the the gate here in Oregon, Tennessee Nebraska some big uh big name programs
6: it's awesome. I mean, we can't wait, and we want to go out there and we want to prove something to everybody. I mean everybody's playing with a chip on their shoulder this year, and I, we're ready.
0: You know, your your history is is awesome. Um, I, I hate that you didn't get to finish at Blanchard, right, with the with COVID and how it shut down a yeah. team that I thought was going to win a state championship. Um, I mean, in fact, you had won the state championship your junior season, right?
6: Yeah, my junior year. Yeah, your yeah,
0: junior year. For you, I, I can't even imagine what that was like to have it taken from you. I don't know if it's something that's still a motivator, but – I mean, you're rolling, and then all of a sudden your season was gone. Bryce, can you even take us through how challenging that was at that time and how that fueled you?
6: I mean, at the time we were like, man, we got a two-week break. Like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and it just kept going and kept going. And all of a sudden, proms canceled. Uh, all this stuff canceled. We, no graduation. We're like, oh, my gosh, like, we're, we're done. Like, We're about to be in college. Mm-hmm. And it it all hit so fast that you couldn't really grasp what was what was going on. It's but tough. over the years, it's, you kind of just don't really think about it anymore.
0: But but how great would it be then to be able to finish with like a title now, right? I mean, it, it's got to be something when you look back. A championship caliber team, even though you don't think about it as much now, Bryce. It's gotta be exciting to be on a team that has an opportunity to do something like that again. And nobody's even talking about you right now. You guys got that mega chip on their shoulder because when we're talking college baseball, nobody seems to be talking about Oklahoma. Does that feel you guys at all? Oh, hundred percent.
6: I mean I mean, yeah. It I can't even describe what I'm like how ready we are. I mean, nobody has talked about us. I mean, and we're going to go down there and we're going to show them that we're definitely something to be reckoned with. Hey,
0: I got one more. Because the, the theme around OU baseball the last couple of years has been chaos. Right? Just yep. creating chaos yep. if it's in base paths. What does that mean and what does that look like to Bryce?
6: It's It's just a mentality. I mean, we want everybody to be scared of what we can do. We can run. We can hit. We can throw it. I mean, we can do everything and just going out there and proving people wrong is
0: what chaos is. I like it. I enjoy it. Hey, uh, see you snag a few more bags this year. How are the legs feeling? I know that, that was, uh, that's an area that Oklahoma had continually become a little bit more aggressive in. How's the, uh, how's the SBAs looking like? A few more, you think, this season?
6: Yeah, definitely a few more. <laughs> definitely a few more.
0: That speed on the paths, man. All right, Bryce. Uh, appreciate the time. I know it's a busy stretch for you. Good luck this weekend. We can't wait to watch and listen along. And I uh, just hope you have an awesome twenty twenty four year. All right, sweet. Thank you. See, you, man. That's Bryce Madron. Blanchard stand out. Went to Cali College. Got bigger, stronger. Now Tim Overman's taking care of him. He's even bigger and even stronger and uh, expected to have a, a great twenty four yeah i was um I was reading up a little bit. I really like him i think I think he is a really, really good player, but then again I, I look out and I'm like, dang, any of these dudes can play center field, right? Any of them can. he's just it's fun i I did find something I didn't ask him about it, but I found one thing from like a high school bio when it asked what his hobbies are. It said, he likes to go to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not anymore, huh? I was like, Bryce, your thoughts? You still like to go to the casino, huh? Um, kudos, Bryce. Man of a few words, but impactful whenever he laid him out. And I dug uh, getting an opportunity to chat with him here today. We'll try to do that a little bit more often. Get a few more Diamond Sports dudes in here since since I got stiff-armed with my desire to get Coach Gasso on today. It's fine. I'll get over it at some point. That's only the third time it's been mentioned on the show today. Is that right? Yeah,
1: you're handling this very well. I'm
0: doing well. I'm doing well with it. All right, uh, quick break. We will have our Primrose Funeral Service final thoughts with a thorough deep dive into the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, so final segments as always – Brought to you by Primrose Funeral Service. Pre-plan your memorial by going to Primrose Funeral Service. Online at primrosefuneralservice.com. Or you can call them right now at, hold on, I just lost the number, 405-321-6000. To the, thanks to Bryce Madron for joining us. We'll have that up on the, um, what am I trying to podcast, say? Podcast Thank you on the podcast sure as soon as we're done. In fact, you're putting it up right now. To the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Kulmo J, you're right. Kulmo J is correct. He said, The turnout was so low at that time because most of my hardworking Washington Warrior brothers and sisters are already at work well before the polls open at 7 a.m. So they do their voting after they get off work. Go Warriors. Yeah, I see that. But Three? Cool, MoJ? The numbers did tick up. I think we had over, like, 215 votes, which might be the population of the town. I don't know. But you're right. You're right. Still, though. Three? Um, the 918's already watching the parade. Right. Did you all see the video of Patrick Mahomes being interviewed? Looks like he's already had a few too many gummies.
1: <laughs>
0: nice. All right. Well, Maybe there won't be a lot of booze. Maybe there'll just be a lot of, I don't know, floating as far as it's concerned. It'll be a
1: wacky speech this year.
0: The 785, we five. We're talking about, uh, okay, so just to kind of tie in all these random takes. Number one, Kumo J was me complaining that I went to the polls yesterday at about 3 o'clock and one person had voted. We we tripled the number of people that had voted almost. Um, And then that last text was because we've been watching the championship celebration for the Chiefs on and off. 785, last pay-per-view I bought was one football game per year prior to ESPN+. Yeah, I don't think the Super Bowl is going to pay-per-view. I just, I don't, I don't think so. No way. We talked about the offensive line in hour two. Talking about Tyler Guyton, Andrew Rame, and Walter Rouse getting the invites to the Pro Bowl. While also diving into some recruiting news. And it seems like there's good news all the way around for the Sooners especially on the offensive line. This is from the 918. How much of the lack of a running game was on the linemen? Which may have not been up to par lately, but the offensive scheme as well. Our backs typically were more of a straight ahead, follow the block, as opposed to the blockers having to sprint out to the edge so we could run jet sweeps all the time. I I think... The people that say we ran jet sweeps all the time are the same people that complain about showing Taylor Swift too much. That when you actually get down to the nuts and bolts of how often it actually happened, it just wasn't very
1: successful when they did it. Oh,
0: oh, that's it. Okay. Kind of like me watching the Niners in the first half, like, dang, man, San Francisco's running the ball well. And then you actually look at the stats and you're like, No, they're not. They're actually not running the ball well at all. It will be
1: great the first time Mississippi State runs that against OU and it gets absolutely blown up.
0: Oh, I know, right? Everyone's going to be so happy. Or breaks it.
1: Yeah, it'll probably be a 75-yard touchdown.
0: But I, I, I didn't do a good job because I'm not good with commas and periods whenever I'm reading text messages, so that's a me problem, not a you problem. But his point was they're used to seeing backs go and follow blocks now, this past year, it was, all right, here comes the, the sweep, the jet sweep. Clinton Tulsa, I want to see synchronization between running backs and the O-line, unlike last year when running backs routinely ran directly into our alignment, which was disconcerting. I've gone back and forth because this has been a, I don't know, there, there are certain things that I just can't let go, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way. But I am still fascinated, Josh, looking back about Brent Venable's quote where he said, there's one area of our team that's just not where it should be. Right. Who could it be? Who could it be? Right? And there is this part of me that, while I felt so certain, so certain, Josh, of the fact that that had to be the interior of the defensive line, there's others that we work with that were very certain that it was a running back position and I think I think you I think that's um that's worth a conversation sure health-wise then production wise that position just wasn't where it needed to be last year until it's, Gavin Sachuk closed. Ding, ding, ding. Until you got your closer in there.
1: And, and you know, Toby Walker at times did some really nice things. But uh, in totality for the first seven games or so, it, it was a mixed bag to not good enough, right?
0: Agreed. Agreed. A and, mixed uh, bag to not good enough.
1: Is that running backs? Is that running backs and offensive line? Is that offensive line? Probably a little bit of a combination of all of it.
0: True. Very true. And then finally, we had brought up – I know Tyler and I were talking about this a little bit during the break. We, we brought up Chris Del Conte's little town hall meeting he did last night. And among the things that were discussed was Texas and Texas A&M. And Del Conte said, we're going to play them every single year. To which – just kind of made me do a double take. If we're going to be in an eight-game conference schedule, well, does that mean there might be a year where OU and Texas doesn't happen? And I quickly realized, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, you're not investing
1: $140 million in renovations to the Cotton Bowl for the game to not get played. Could it be
0: that it might be a non-conference game for them or for a Texas A&M? You know, Maybe. Or could it be that we're going to nine games on the conference schedule? Or
1: could it be that Texas is the only team that has two permanent
0: opponents? Maybe so. Probably not. But the 785 asks a good question. Can OU Texas be an early evening game now? I would love that. I think it would be great. I would love nothing more than to be able to just Drive down that morning, right? Park, walk around the fair, go to the game, and drive back that night.
1: So early evening, they mean late afternoon,
0: right? Wait, is that right? Early, early evening to me
1: means we're like kicking off at like five or something. Early
0: evening's five and six to me. They
1: mean the two thirty kick. Is Is that that what they mean?
0: I don't think we're going to be in a situation where that happens. I think this is going to be an eleven a.m., two o'clock kick pretty consistently. But we'll see, and there are still eleven a.m. windows, by the way, in the Big Twelve. There's are in the SEC. There still are. We know there are in the uh, Big Twelve. Yeah, we're very, very <laughs> aware of that. All right, y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll be at Cavens tomorrow, and then we'll be celebrating the life and times of Billy Tubbs on Friday's show, uh, right here on All the Way Through. Uh, in the meantime, stick around. <laughs> stick around for Steelman and Thune coming up next. Steelie's out at Riverwind, right here on the home of Sooner fans.